What's up, everybody, and welcome to the first episode of the Pocketbook Podcast. I'm your host, Renelda. We are so excited that you could join us on this new journey, and oh, what an adventure this has already been. Now, much like many of you, 2020 began with the hope and promise for new beginnings. After a long hiatus from the stage, Afterthought Theater Company began rehearsing for a new show to premiere in Denver, and we were in pre-production when the pandemic hit and were directly impacted by the closure of local theater. Determined to find a way to reintroduce ourselves to the community, we were patient, waiting for the right moment, and when COVID forced us indoors, we discovered an opportunity to reach a wider demographic during a much needed time in our history. And like before, when Afterthought was created as we celebrated the first African-American president in U.S. history, so the birth of the Pocketbook Podcast begins as we honor our first female vice president, which is also a woman of color. We as black women have struggled and fought for the respect and dignity and peace we so deserve. This podcast shall serve as a medium to help us decompress, grow, listen, educate, and entertain. It's a safe space, a place where we can share without judgment and uplift one another. Ladies, this is the Pocketbook Podcast, where every woman has a story to tell. Now we've got a full show for you, so let's get started. We begin our season with the theme, Foundation. Now, in order to know where you're going, you have to learn where we came from. So we're going to take you down memory lane. This is the story of Afterthought Theater Company. Afterthought Theater Company was originally created in 2009 with a $700 check and a goal in mind. We premiered our first production, The Meeting, by Jeff Stetson in January 2010 to a sold-out crowd. This was a passion project with the message to inspire and spark dialogue amongst the local community, which would bring us closer together. The second project was birthed out of pure strength and resilience among women of color determined to express their experiences in life through song, dance, and poetry. As we brought down the house within Tozaki Shange's for colored girls, we shed old wounds and cleansed every spirit we touched. The production was proudly featured on the Blu-ray DVD of Tyler Perry's For Color Girls movie. Numerous productions followed that left audiences feeling hopeful and intrigued, such as a soldier's play, waiting to be invited, vagina monologues, shaking the mess out of misery, the whiz, and Annie the Musical with an all-black cast. We were told by patrons that they would go home after a show and talk all night long about what they had just witnessed. This is the blessing of an afterthought. To know that no one saw you coming because they didn't consider you important enough in the first place. These are the stories we tell here. Truth, pain, laughter, promise, compromise, and faith. We believe that our purpose with this theater company is to provide all those things to actors and audiences that have been otherwise overlooked. We welcome you to join us in this endeavor.
And now for our feature presentation. Afterthought Theatre Company presents The Pocketbook Monologues. The Pocketbook Monologues are coming to Kansas City. It invites women to have an open and honest discussion about sexual responsibility and also inform young women the realities of making bad decisions regarding your sexual health. Sharon McGee, the author of The Pocketbook Monologues, joins us right now. Sharon, I am in love with this topic, this idea, everything about it. Well, thank you so much because the message is very consistent with the numbers that are released from the CDC. African-American women and our girls are in big trouble number one in new cases of HIV and AIDS. So the term pocketbook was used by older African-American women to describe their triangle that <laughs> separates their thighs. So we use the term because we want to be respectful. We sure. want people to come in. And so we use the pocketbook monologues as a hook to really discuss something very serious. And there might be some at home that have heard of the vagina monologues. Right. And you said the best way to describe it is the vagina monologues with soul. Absolutely. Because the vagina monologues really set the standard for us to have an open discussion about this. But it wasn't targeting women of color. And I think their goal was to deal with domestic violence. But when we have the epidemic, of sexually transmitted diseases, yeah. HIV and AIDS. I know I'm walking on eggshells, but I found my passion. This is something that I have to do. Yeah, and it's just amazing to open up the conversation and just a little snippet from the pocketbook monologues. And I was reading this this morning and I was so drawn in. I can't wait to read the rest of the book, but it talks about a doctor who d remembers the day she diagnosed a 37-year-old woman with HIV. And she committed suicide. And the woman went home and committed suicide. And this doctor talks about going to that girl's house after she's dead and seeing everything meticulously organized. Everything. And then wondering how this woman could have been so irresponsible when it came to her um, sexual activities. That's right. But so meticulous when it comes to canned mm -hmm. goods. Who lines up canned she, goods from A to Z? Yeah, lined up canned goods. Asparagus to zucchini, <laughs> but you don't use a condom when you're having sex. It's ridiculous. So we have to have this conversation. Even with our girls now, we've added a teen component. Oh, I love this. And you call That's it. That's right. The pocketbooks are the older women right. and the young women, the teens. Are our coin purses. That's right. They're pocketbook ladies in training, but they need this conversation as well. We are missing two generations of what I believe are w women of wisdom. When I met the former U.S. Surgeon General, who was happy enough to support what I'm doing, Dr. Mm -hmm. Joyce and Elder, she said, you're speaking the truth, but you're going to have to walk on eggshells to do it. So I put on my stilettos and we walk on eggshells, walk on eggshells. and we get the message out. Sexual responsibility belongs to you. You can't leave it in someone else's hands. Although we do have some lighter topics, we discuss everything from menstruation to menopause. Yeah, I noticed that was also part of the book. And yes. I think it's just good for women to be able to have these discussions, no matter your color, no matter your age. Absolutely. Just talk about this kind And of thing. I think for us, it's a generational thing. Now we can have a grandmother talking to a granddaughter. We can have a mother talk to her daughter. In my case, I couldn't talk to my mother about sex, but I had an aunt who would keep it real with me. Now you can talk about it. So let's thank you so sir. much. In Chicago, while working as a news director for WVON, The Talk of Chicago, and hosting an early morning talk show called First Light, I cringed every time I reported and opened the phone lines to discuss with the listeners the most recent statistics on African American women and the HIV AIDS epidemic. I was afraid, very afraid. If the trend continued, I wondered what would become of my sisters in this country and around the world? Would it be just a matter of time before women of color were extinct? That question has haunted me for years. 
Several years ago, while getting my daily fix of entertainment gossip, I heard Mary Hart, host of Entertainment Tonight, talking about a play that was sweeping the nation, Eve Unsler's The Vagina Monologues. What had I missed? When the stage production made its way to the Windy City, I had to check it out. Unable to convince any of my colleagues to see the production with me, I went alone. As the curtain closed, I remained seated while the audience gave the cast a standing ovation. I sat in awe, and without warning, I felt the spirit of Sojourner Truth nudge me and whisper, ain't you a woman too? This was an epiphany. As I drove home, I wondered if I searched between my thighs, would I have a story to tell? If so, what about my family, friends, and sisters across the country? Would I be bold enough to ask? Would they have the courage to answer? That evening, I crashed hard and had a vivid dream in Technicolor. I dreamt about all the special women that had left a lasting impression on my life. I could listen to these beautiful women for hours. Although many of these women did not know each other, they had one thing in common. They all loved and cared about me. Some of these women were related to me by blood. Many were related to me by their loving spirit. All their faces appeared as flashing neon signs, and I remembered some of their words of wisdom. My mother mad. Stay in school and get your education. My other mother, Clara Young. Treat yourself like a queen, and everybody else will follow your lead. My Aunt Daisy. Have as much fun as you can while you're young. Grandma Square. Keep God first in your life, cause he will be there when everybody else is gone. My dear Natty. Act like a lady. You never want to be common. Miss Pearl. Yes, I had breast cancer and had to lose one of them, but baby girl, remember. What don't kill you will make you stronger. Aunt Sis. I don't care who you're with, always have some of your own money stashed away. Miss Jerry. Girl, believe me when I tell you that nigga ain't shit. Several months later, I was so excited when I read that my sister in communications, Gwen Eiffel of PBS, was going to host the vice presidential debates between Vice President Dick Cheney and Senator John Edwards. I was ready with my bottled water and microwave popcorn. I was so proud to see Miss Gwen handling the men that were vying for the VP seat until she asked them, What do you plan to do about the HIV AIDS crisis affecting African American women in this country? Oh, no, she didn't. The men shared a blank expression. Cheney said he didn't know there was a crisis, but he would check into the matter. And Edwards agreed. I was shocked and afraid for my sisters. On that day, at that very moment, all the dots connected. I found my passion and my purpose. This, this is when I became the pocketbook lady. The very next day, I started to ask the probing questions to African-American women about their pocketbooks. At first, there was some reluctance to have this conversation. I must admit, the process was a bit daunting for me too, but I soon discovered that every woman has a story to tell.
And that's it for our show tonight. Thank you for tuning in. For sponsorship, advertising, news, and updates, log on to afterthoughttc.com. We'll see you next week.